0: Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Uh, Mr. Mark McKay is in the house again. I think we've done this once before.
1: Hey, Toad. How are you, sir? Good, man. How was your New Year's? It was really, really exciting. We played this huge show in Lake Tahoe. That's
0: what I heard. And your boy uh, CJ was up there and Mr. Jared Neiman was there as we, well. We had so much fun. Yeah, it was we, a good time. We
1: played the night before to like a, this record crowd and then we um, we went snowmobiling the next day and did some dinner and just an unbelievable few days.
0: I like it. Yep. I like it. Tahoe's a fun place. You been there? I have been there Best quite ever. a few times. Quite a few times. I'd love to take my boat up there, but the water's a little bit colder up there than it is here on Lake Mead. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of that, probably no, no, nope. no. I mean, but you know, dude, how was your 2019?
1: My 2019 was um, very adventurous. It was really fun, man. We we went out and played the biggest shows of our lives. We played with uh, we played with Blake Shelton. We played with Who's, Tim McGraw. Who were those guys? Yeah, no kidding. They have any yeah. hits?
0: No. One
1: of them's on a TV show, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that'd be that Tim guy. No. I know. Anyway,
1: so uh, yeah, it was awesome. I I actually have this memory of when we played in Minot, North Dakota, with Tim McGraw. Yeah. It was like twenty. I think it was like twenty four thousand people. All, Festival? Uh, fair. County fair. fair. Gotcha. All uh, state fair and all general admission. And when we pulled up, the guy it was like there had people been sleeping out there waiting for days. Right. <laughs> it was awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah, man, really cool.
0: What What was your like highlight of twenty nineteen? What was your favorite thing like that you're gonna take like with you and say this is. In 10 years. Man, I remember back in 2019, this is what...
1: Do you know, I, I never thought I would say this because I would have thought it would have been the Tim McGraw Show or the Blake Show. I mean, that's what I live for is playing live. It was some of the songs we wrote. Good. There was so much songwriting. Like, I know you had CJ in here earlier. He's playing tonight. But him and I write together. And, we, we, you know, I just have this network of friends. And we're just consistently writing songs all the time. And I just... It's amazing how there's some days... You wake up in the morning, you don't even feel like getting out of bed, but you've got to write on the calendar. So you've got to you gotta do it. You gotta go. You gotta Right. And then you go and then it just it energizes you for a month because what just happened there could completely like change your life, you know. So sure. I just have these days where I'm driving home from writing songs going, I can't believe that we just buttoned that hit up this morning, you know. Yeah. So
0: that's cool. That's awesome. Yep. That's good. So what are your goals for twenty twenty?
1: We're gonna tour a lot more in twenty twenty. We um this was kind of like a, a year of songwriting and meetings, and I was my first full year in Nashville. Right. So it was just a lot of, you know, getting things rolling, but we're heading out on the road this year, so it's going to be good. You just moved to Nashville? I moved to Nashville um, a couple of years ago, but uh, this is the first year where I was uh, uh, really there a lot. It's probably the best way I could say that, you know? I was right. writing songs there all the time, and, um, you know, we had label meetings and all this other drama all You
0: know, whatever. It's always drama. It's music business, dude. It's never just easy. No, that's true. That's like one of my favorite things I like to say. I I would love to um, do a series where I I follow an artist from the minute they land and videotape it. And just so people could understand that you literally just don't fly in on a personal, you know, Learjet and land and just come play your show and then do hookers and blow and then go fly on to your next show. I do. That's not what it is. Yeah, no,
1: I, I hear it. dude. I agree with you. I think about that all the time. It's, uh, there, there, there's so many moving parts, you know?
0: Yeah. People don't, people don't get it. Yeah. It's crazy. I go back to one of my favorite stories was with, with Maggie Rose. I picked her up at the airport. We were driving up to the radio station so she could do one of those radio things. And I picked her up at the airport and the, the ride up there, you know, Maggie, I don't know. She's, um, not personally so you know her music she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of country maybe she was like leaning towards that but she's more i would just say more r&b more i mean dude her voice and just whatever so we're like driving and, and uh, uh we're listening to machine gun kelly oh yeah and it was like the coolest thing in the world just to go up there watch her change put her face on do this whole thing like and i was like man if i could just have a gopro in here people would be like man they're human and yep. that's why i do what i do right here to let people know that you are human yeah you know and get, get to know you a little bit better and
1: well yeah and and, and uh um, what I'm about to say next I, I wouldn't encourage for everyone to try this but we have to do it sometimes you know we played that show last night in Reno and uh, I got a call from our publicist earlier in the week that the uh, news station in Vegas could fit me on for a television spot this morning Right. and that song that we're out promoting right now is a song that I wrote about a you know my best friend who I just lost to cancer this year a song means a lot to me I want to get it out there I want people to hear it and I want people to come see our show tonight you know Yeah. so what's it called? it's called It Always Rains in Portland uh, Isn't
0: that a TV show? Oh, that's Philadelphia. Sorry, go ahead. Sunny Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Anyway, and so, you know, they called and said, can you do it Friday morning? And I said, I really want to make this happen. So, you know, you look at yesterday, it's like we're doing the radio interviews and props in the morning. Right. And we got sound check, you know, and then we play the show. And then I get in the car at 11.30 p.m. And I come pulling into the radio, into the TV station this morning at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. On no sleep, driving through the middle of the night, you know. Through the Nevada desert in the middle of the night.
0: Are you on? Are you getting up on the same flight with CJ tomorrow morning no, back to Nashville? No, no, oh, smart no. Smart guy. I'm smart guy. Yeah, no. Smart Lunatic. Guy. I don't go about. I don't go home till Monday. It was funny. Um, Chris was just talking to me the other day about. Um, actually, yesterday I say the other day. That's a bunch of bullshit. He uh, <laughs> he wanted to fly to Nashville Tuesday. He wanted to get up. And Chris take did. The, yeah, fly the early yeah. six, and then he goes, "We'll come home at that six o'clock flight on uh, Wednesday morning." And I said, "So let me see if I got this right. <laughs> We're going to fly there, mm-hmm. do our meetings." do the meeting that night that we have, that thing that we have to do Tuesday night, and, th- and and then you want me to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the airport and do the next thing? Yeah. I'm gonna go with no. Can yeah. we get a, a flight later in the afternoon so yeah. I could, not that I sleep in or anything, but I would love to just lay in bed for an hour. I know, one hour. <laughs> but I don't understand, like, I know there's only two flights on Southwest out of Vegas back to Nashville um, that are nonstop. One's at 6.55, I think the flight is, and the next one doesn't go out until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so it's kind of like, I get it, but then what do you do? Do you sit back and go, well, do I go to sleep for a couple hours, or do you just stay up? You're in Vegas, might as well wide open, uh, yeah. And, and
1: you know what's funny about it is that neither of them win. I follow that dilemma all the time. It's like yeah. you, you either, if you if you wait till the 4 o'clock flight, you find yourself kicking around wishing that you could be more productive. You'd rather be at home. Right. Yeah. You know, but then if you take that early flight, you're so tired and zonked that you can't get anything done anyway. So yeah. it's it's a lose-lose. <laughs> what part of Nashville do you live in? I live just south
0: of town, kind of near Brentwood. Yeah? kind of the bougie part of town? No, I live in the very
1: normal part of town. Near right. the bougie part of town, though. Near, near, yeah.
0: near, near, near. My near.
1: street's funny, actually. It's like, I won't say anything too controversial, but, you know, it's a two-mile stretch street that I live on, and, and at one end, it's probably not the greatest place to be wandering around, and right. at the other end, it's really great and a lot of really fancy cars driving around
0: that's like the railroad tracks once you cross the railroad tracks you're <laughs> yeah, out dude two
1: miles that's, makes a big difference that's what we
0: call it here there was uh, we used to joke because there's uh, a part of town that we all lived in and every, ever since then everyone's kind of moved it was Mountain's Edge and oh, yeah. there was railroad tracks in between Southern Highlands and Mountain's Edge and yep. we'd be like dude the streetlights are on you better get back to your side of town so Just, wh- wh- what's
1: it called Mountain's Edge is that what yeah. you said
0: where's yeah. that Southwest
1: Southwest, Got yes. it. Cool.
0: Yeah. Opposite yeah. of Henderson. That's southeast. So it'd be, yeah. That's what everyone always says. Is it by Henderson? I'm like, ah, kind of. That's southeast. We're extreme. Southwest. That's where. That's where we kick it.
1: Um, you'll probably make fun of me for saying this because I don't guys, need you to say here. anything for no. me to make fun
0: of you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: go, go ahead. He gets me at every turn. I walk right into it. Um, but um, there's some really cool neighborhoods in Vegas outside of the Strip. I feel I feel like it's now that I know the city so well. I mean, for years and years of just coming here, where you just land and you take a cab to a sure. hotel on the Strip and yeah. you pay fourteen dollars for the Starbucks that normally costs you three fifty. Yeah. You know, and you do it for four days, and then you go home and recover for four weeks. You know, right. but. Some cool spots.
0: It's funny that people, um, back when, uh, MySpace was a thing, they'd say, dude, you live in Vegas? I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, dude, what hotel you live in? I'm like, that's cute. And they'd be like, no, seriously. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no. dude, people live here. Yeah. Like, they don't just do you work. play blackjack every night of the week? Or, yeah, yeah. That's right. Every other night. I yeah. deal it and play it all at the same time. Yeah. You know, that's kind of <laughs> what I do. That's kind of what I do. I mean, the, the attitude towards it is Vegas is one of those towns are always competing with, with stuff that's going on. Um, makes it difficult to, uh, a, a lot of times to be what we are, but, um, we survive here at this stony Rock and Country and Country AF Radio. We do. I'm it. wearing the T-shirt, dude. It's about, look, it's funny. Did he wear it on TV this morning? No. Stop. No, I'm not gonna stop. Do you wear it all the time, dude? Come on, dude. No, no, no. I was. I ran into Jackson
1: Mickelson the other day at the airport, and he was in a in a in one of your T-shirts, and then I saw him in a in an announcement with william morris and he was in another one of your t-shirts and i famous was like enough. does he own any t-shirts other than the one stone
0: t- dude. T- toad gave him yeah, yeah dude <laughs> no, hell, hell no i mean the famous enough is, is like the greatest one in the world because dude people will walk by me and they'll look at it and they'll stop and then they'll look again they're like oh that's pretty neat yeah i yeah. know
1: i do you get a lot of i get a lot of comments in that shirt i hear you
0: it's the greatest thing in the world because you know um casey james was just here not too long ago do, yeah. you, know, do, you, do you know him not personally. Um, super neat dude he, yep. he was telling me a story about these kids would, would come up to him and he was almost in tears it was like really really neat and they'd be like dude how do I become famous Aww. and I just love going back to that whole thing that the reason why I made that shirt was because people were telling me they were going to do stuff with these interviews and they were going to put them in places yeah. and I'd be like okay well so what do I get out of it and they were yeah. like we'll make you famous and I'm like okay listen I don't want to be you I don't want to be an artist yeah. that's not what I want to do I'm famous enough and that's where it kind of came from and I think that it has meaning to it it's kind of funny but legit I think that you guys all strive to uh, maybe not be famous per se but just to get your music heard Mm is that probably a fair assessment Mm
1: -hmm. of of, fame's just sort of one of those things that comes along with it that's that's not the motivation to get out of bed in the morning you know
0: no and that's why I think it's such a rad thing that a lot of these artists they see the shirt and they'll ask for them. totally and it and it's I think it's humbling at the same time that it's well, the ones that get it like that, yeah, totally that's good. That's and a t-shirt can sell it. that t-shirt you have on right now is pretty rad. It's really rad. You're yeah. a genius. It says that's Country AF Radio. What does AF stand for?
1: Stop. Um, always fun. Y- you know what's cool about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool about Country AF Radio is that they've been spinning my song a lot. So yes. we love them.
0: Yes, that's that's kind of what we do. And uh, I always say that the reason why uh, um, I wanted to build Country AF Radio was to disrupt to terrestrial radio to give you guys an even playing ground to where you can hear a Lee Bryce or a Jared Neiman or a mm-hmm. Tim McGraw or a Blake Shelton and then unfortunately hear Mark McKay right behind yeah. it you know <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do you had to do it that's, didn't you dude I can't I cannot stop I cannot stop Um, dude so 2020 I get new music from you What? what, yeah. what I mean So where are you at? Well, that's
1: that's the other thing that uh, probably a lot of people don't realize, you know, when you when you uh, first set out as a musician, I would imagine most people probably write songs when they think they need songs. Yeah. Hear one that they or write One that they kind of like enough, record it, put it out, you know, and then do it again later when it when it's the they feel inspired to do it again. Right. And uh, those of us that are in the churning of this every day, and I know you know this. We are constantly writing songs, and a lot of them are not good, and a lot of them are pretty good, or a lot of them you love, and then people who you need to love them don't love them, and then people, then there's songs where you love them and you're convinced your fans love them, but somebody in the business doesn't love it, and it just goes on and on. So I've sure. probably written a hundred of them in a year, you right. know, and of that hundred, there's probably twenty-five of them that we all agree are. At least worth talking about, and of those twenty-five, there's no way all of them are number one hits. If they are, I'll buy you a house next year. You right. Know? But it's a it, now. It's a matter of we we we've been cutting like crazy, recording new songs, and now it's just a matter of getting them mixed and and figuring out what we do next with them. But yes, you'll get new music.
0: Do you do you not send me songs anymore? Because the way I responded to the last one, that's kind of rude. Actually, you know, I mean,
1: you were you were you never said anything that mean to me, did you? <laughs> no. Didn't you say it sounded like a damn folk song or something? I said Tom
0: Petty, but yeah, he sounded like <laughs> well, Tom that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just teasing. You. Man, I love getting the new music. I think that's like the, the, the neatest thing for me is that it's an outlet. I get some stuff from some artists that they don't even put on Spotify and we get to release it before anyone else does and we make a big deal out of it in some sense and people listen. And that's yep. what's kind of cool. I was telling CJ the last I think four months we've done over 20,000 listeners every month consistently. That's awesome. And the interviews just keep growing and growing and growing which is rad too. You mean people are going to hear this? Um, probably not yours. I mean, I guess if they <laughs> listen to Craig Wayne Boyd, they'll listen to you too, right? <laughs> I love Craig. Craig is He's our the man. he yep. is our number one most listened to interview. Oh, really? Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah, we've done um uh, almost like really close to seven hundred thousand of, of uh, like streams last year. Yeah, of just the interview. That's crazy if you think about sixty something interviews. Yeah, and. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's a neat dude. Yeah. He's a neat dude. He just came through with uh, um, Casey, James, and um, Adam Wakefield. Who? Oh, yeah. uh, I was telling CJ, I, I love that dude. He's, he's got
1: some talent, that kid.
0: And he's funny, and yeah. he's I think transparent. I don't. I appreciate it. I don't know how the industry will appreciate it, but he's not shy to say what he feels. And I think that we need more people like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely need more people like mm-hmm. that. Like, I
1: think you're. I think there's a turn in the business right now that I'm sure you can feel where where we're starting to shift back to the artist as much as the song, whereas I feel like for a while there it was about the artist, then it was about just the song, and now yeah. it's kind of a blend again, you know? Yeah. But you're just starting to see, you know, there, there's, um, I don't know, without making this into too grand of a discussion, like there's all these monsters of David Bowie and Petty and uh, these guys that were just, they were crossover into multi-genres and, and it was just spectacular. And I, Bob Dylan, I, I could go on forever. But I, you know, I I don't know that there was an outlet for that kind of artist for a long time. Right. You know. And I feel like now you're starting to see people. They're taking risks again, and they're outspoken about stuff, and they're not afraid to try things. We have ways yeah. of recording songs. I was with Jared. I hope you wouldn't get mad at me for saying this, but well, when Jared Neiman, our buddy, was out with us, he played us some of his new songs that were recorded in his basement, right, by himself on GarageBand. Dude, and what's wrong with that? You it's look incredible.
0: At, what is it? Behind the Pine, Sam Hunt. Yep, dude. Yep, yep. I I I sit back. Um, uh, I have this conversation a lot. I call it the entitled number one. Not every one of them, but there's a lot of music that's out now that to me, in I think that they're. Um, um, maybe engaging in um, where that artist is today versus where they might be in 10 years I enjoy listening to classic rock I enjoy listening to music that that has no lifespan mm-hmm. that's what I enjoy because it just lasts forever yep I think that's the neatest thing in the world and I think that for me it's rare today um, uh, that you hear good music like that mm-hmm. like something you can go in 10-15 years and turn on the radio and go Oh yeah, I remember that uh-huh. Ario Speedwagon,
1: uh-huh. you know stuff uh-huh. like that. Doobie Brothers. So I cannot believe you just name dropped Ario Speedwagon because I was just when I was driving last night through the middle of the night, I found this live at Moon Dance Jam there Ario you Speedwagon right. album, and I, it was just unbelievable. Every song, you know, you I, the other one I've been losing my mind on is Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, I've LL, been, man. Yeah, wow. I, I uh, he's unreal. I just every it doesn't matter what song it was, I put it on and I love it.
0: But do, where, where do, what, what, do you, what do you think happened to that? I mean, okay, so I'm I'm not saying it's all gone because you look at Luke Combs' new album. Just, there's there's nothing on there that you don't like. Right. You take a guy like Hardy who just put out the Hicks tape. Yep. Uh, I like uh, I like every song on there. I love almost all of them because it's just creative uh-huh. and it's neat and the and the people he got together with. Uh-huh. But where did that stuff go? Like, well, my, that's what I'm saying is you're naming off relatively new albums,
1: and I think it's you're starting to see a shift back to that. I hope right. So. No, I mean I I, I, hope d- so. I do. Um, but I, I actually I was watching an ELO live video of, uh, and it was you know it, it was very recent at Wembley Stadium, and it was it was Jeff Lindsay ELO is what he calls it now anyway, and he was he was um, it was playing Mister Blue Sky, yeah, and I was just watching the layers of the song and the moments where all of a sudden there's a string section and then there's a talk box and then there's this, and I'm going, if you a couple years ago, well even now, I mean you if you were to play that to somebody today and say, hey, I just this is my song I just came up with. What do you think? I don't know that there's an outlet for it. No. I think someone would look at you. And and I don't mean you or me. I mean sure. a a record executive. I get the feeling that someone would look and go, "I don't know what to do with this." Right. It doesn't sound like everything else, you know.
0: And that's that's the scary part.
1: Totally. And I think that's what is uh I think the consumer has pushed back on that a little bit, and I think that it's made the artist try things that they weren't willing to try maybe a couple yeah. years ago. But I just think thanks to um Thanks to Country AF Radio and One examples like that, I think it gives an opportunity for the music to get directly to the consumer, and it doesn't have to go through hundred gatekeepers. That
0: it's an outlet. I mean, dude, you have it everywhere. You have it with iTunes, Pandora—no, maybe not Pandora, but Spotify. You could uh, uh, SoundCloud. You have the ability to get the stuff out there so easy. That's why I like sit bake sit back and I look at stuff, and I love the fact that um, my frustration revolves around um a radio station that's terrestrial that says this is what you should listen to. Yeah. Um based on a meter that they have in this town. And uh-huh. I sit back and go, well okay, Spotify's telling you what people like. Yeah. You can track what people like. Country AF radio, I know where you are, how long you listen to it, what what time you came on. Like I know everything. Like exactly where you live. Like not address wise, but I know what city you're in. And that's what's super neat is like um the people are speaking now. And you get an. I laughed because a while back I asked one of the radio stations here, why aren't you playing Austin Burke's whole lot in love? And they said, well, song's all right, but um, he doesn't have anything to follow it. And I sat back and I went. But the people on Spotify are saying he's got two songs after that one that are doing just Uh as well as this Uh one. is. So I don't know. What do you you mean? And that's why I sit back and I get frustrated. I like I get to the point where I'm like, shit, man, there's good music out there that people need to listen to. But don't have an opportunity to because some knucklehead somewhere else is saying, oh, I get to go to Hawaii this year. Sweet. That's not payola. But I'll play your song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a little brutal.
0: It's 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 rough, and I think I hope that it changes. I hope the shift changes. I hope that people get the opportunity to hear stuff because there's music out there. I mean, I I, I champion so many in, independent artists that 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 when I get to that point, I appreciate it so much that I, I want to go on and above to make sure people hear it. That sort of thing. And
1: we had a meeting with, uh, you, you know, we whenever we have new music coming out, my manager and I will typically get together with Spotify and Apple and whoever and just talk about songs and stuff. And I'm always so blown away by. Some of these playlists, um, that it's so thought out, they can reach people that there's, no, you know, like for example, if if you're a person that likes mellow acoustic music, yeah. in the morning, you know, uh, that sings about a certain subject matter, there is a playlist for you, absolutely, where you can discover other artists who you have.
0: Somebody sitting in their room that's just like you,
1: right? Yeah, right, and that, you know, it is it is interesting. I I would, it's weird because I. Wasn't alive in the '70s when you know there was different formats and whatnot, you know. And, I was, and yeah, I, I, was. I feel like if you just had a song that was going to radio and the and and what, that's what people listen to, yeah, and it and and the radio told you that this person is now the new guy that you need to be into. I feel You're like. forced to it. You're just into it. You know what? When
0: I was sitting here with Casey James that night, he said something that was pretty rad. He's almost scared of the internet so much to the point where he would be like, I couldn't wait till the next guitar magazine came out so I could go look through it to find out what type of pick he used to play, that, uh, like his favorite guitar player. Crazy, yeah. I'm like, now you can just sit at home and you can Google anything and I can tell you what how, how thick it was two nights ago versus what he played tonight because it's there. Mm-hmm. It, all that information is there. You mm-hmm. think that's scary that someone can know so much about you without knowing you? Mm-hmm
1: in a wild dude it well is. and I mean I don't know you know then we have this whole culture of like influencers and 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 people that can have this massive reach right yeah. I mean it's like if you if you follow your favorite artist, And that person says that they don't like something or they don't like somebody, then you just don't like them.
0: (laughs) You know, whether you admit it or not, it's just kind of how it works. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a a scary world. It's like you, you, you sit back and it's, it's probably a a double-edged sword because they could love you or hate you. At the end of the day, they're super vocal. And, um, Working in an environment that we work in here based on a lot of locals that come here, it's like you have to kind of try to your best to please everybody. Honestly. What was
1: the formula? How were you able to build such a cool thing where you support up-and-coming artists like this, where where they you can give them a stage to play on and people in the door to check them out? We, How did you do it?
0: You know, what's funny that, that I'll go back 20 years ago, 15, 20, 20 years ago I used to do events at the House of Blues Mm -hmm. and I would take in Vegas in Vegas I would take the best band in San Diego the best band in LA and the best band in Vegas and this is what my thought process was is if I bring those two bands to Vegas and put them on a stage and I do the same thing in LA with those other two bands with the best LA band with the biggest following do the same thing in San Diego I could start this routing thing well I did it quite a few times and it was super fun and it was successful in a sense not enough to make a living off of because it's independent bands but it did well. I did it at the House of Blues. I did a place called the Boston. I did it in some, you know, whatever. But the idea when we came back here four years ago and started music was Chris is a fan of music. He is a music lover. Mm-hmm. I, I, him and I both have the same mindset that if you if you kill someone with kindness, it's going to win. And so that's the philosophy we try to let trickle down through our whole system of what we do here. Mm-hmm. So we used to do bands maybe four times a year. Mm-hmm. Chris and I came back and did it our way we decided this is what we're going to do every Friday we're going to give an outlet for it and we started to teach people so there was a place here in Vegas years ago called the Boston Mm -hmm. you never really looked who was playing because you knew on Friday night it was going to be awesome you just showed up because the way they booked the room sure it's kind of the same mindset that we had here, yep. but how do we be different? So I laugh because the radio stations across the country all do these things where they take the artist and they do this meet and greet and it's this, that, and the other thing and the same 12 people show up every single time. Sure. So how can I change that? So we did. We start doing, after you come here a few times and you start to get this fan base, we love that because then we turn that into something a little bit different. Let's have dinner with them to where people can see you're human. I did a thing with Austin Burke where um, people won an indoor skydiving thing with Austin Burke. Can you pay for that? You cannot pay for that. You can't. Russell Dickerson's been here a few times. We've done some fun stuff with him. I know that he did something with a radio station here, and you know, four people showed up. That's embarrassing to me. I don't want that here. I want us to be able to do stuff that's cool, that's fun, and different. So we always, we always push the envelope with it and try and be different. Country AF Radio came out of a need because radio stations didn't support what we wanted to do. Uh, they don't care about you. Yeah, <laughs> they just do without being a, a jerk. It's the truth. They sure. don't. They don't care until you can do something for them. They don't care about you. So. Our mindset is, how can we do stuff? I built a radio station um, 15, 20 years ago through Real Player. I built a thing called getindy.com, which I took the artists that we played on the radio station. You could click a button before you could do it before. Before they did it with CD Baby, before all of that, I had a website store that you could click on the song you listen to and buy their CD and we shipped it out. Mm. It's called getindy.com. That's what well, I, I, I did. Like I'm way ahead of the game. I had a radio station through Real Player that you could listen to the music, and it showed the name, showed the artist, showed everything, because that's what I used to love to do was pick that stuff apart. So taking that element and doing that, the interview stuff just kind of fell into place because we did some music stuff. Then I started talking, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is kind of cool because you're human. You put your pants on the same way everybody else does. That's what this is about.
1: What I've noticed is... uh, uh and, and this is just coming from somebody who me, you know, I love playing live, yeah. right? If, if there was just a way that I could just go play live, meaning start and have three people in the room. And then the next time I come back, there's nine. And then the, the next time I come back, there's 27. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I yeah. just love playing as long as it connects with somebody. Right. Sure. But here's what I've noticed. And this is no knock to him. Cause I think he's really, really talented. When I, the first show that my agent ever put me on was with Frankie Ballard when he was just getting going. Right. And, uh, and he, um, we were playing in Arizona, and I, I was just ecstatic. But I'm a country fan. I knew who he was. I knew sure. what he looked like. I knew his hair and his leather jackets and his whole deal, you know? And I remember saying to people, we're playing for, for, with Frankie Ballard. And they'd go, who? Who? Yeah. And then I'd say, you know, Sunshine and Whiskey or whatever. And, uh, and, and then they knew him because of that, right? And so I just, what I've noticed is we play here. And there were people that were here the first time I was played, who started following on Instagram, and they're very engaged on things that I do. Yeah. When, when I'm going snowmobiling, they make comments. That looks sure. like fun. Can't wait to see you at Stoney's this Friday. Dude, that's what it's about. I feel like they actually know me as an artist. They don't just know my song on the radio. Sure,
0: they know you as a person. To then think, Take right, the artist side out of it. Right. They know you as a person. There you go, better. Tony Jackson, we, we started this whole thing with him, and the idea was, dude... You need to start posting when you get up in the morning and having toast with your kids or when you go to the airport or show people a little bit of soundcheck and now he does not his following is just grown and grown and grown because he's humanizing himself to where people just assume that he gets on an airplane, he shows up at a show, plays a show, goes back, does whatever he does at the hotel, you know, and then like that's like he's human. And I think that all started all because I'm going to say it because of the Maggie Rose thing. I was sitting in the car going. Oh, my gosh. Like, if people could see what we're doing right now, as simple as it was, Uh it would have changed everything. Yeah, you're so right. people would look at it. And so that's why we try and take the approach of, man, how can I get these people to know you a little bit different? Whether they know who you are or stumble across your interview or don't care who you are or like your music or don't like your music... My buddy Jason, we call him Asian Jason, uh, drove in from San Diego, and he listened to the Hardy interview. And when he got to town, he's like, "Toad, that was so cool!" And I go, "Why?" And he goes, "Well, you asked the question, Hardy. What would you do if you weren't doing music?" And he said, "He loves mowing lawns." <laughs> who else? Who else would ever find that information? Right. In you know, so it just becomes fun. Right. And um, again, this goes back to I want people to know that you're that you're a musician, you're human. You know, you like boys. There's all kinds of really cool <laughs> stuff going on there. <laughs> can't sell a it. ticket to save
1: my life uh-huh. nobody likes me here nobody likes my music what else you got Toad <laughs> just teasing you. dude
0: know. we have to get uh, but tell people how to find you online
1: you can find me on Instagram at Mark McKay and the websites um, MarkMcKayofficial.net alright 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 that's insane, the end of this so one go on. ahead roll credits recorded by Toad produced by Toad booked by Toad voiced over by toad you know what toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job